Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor Ron. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 23. Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's good news today. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, which was east, southeast of Galilee, had a, a it, it mostly was a Gentile population. Matter of fact, that was the area where we, where we learned the story where Jesus cast the demons into the pigs. That was the Gadarenes. That was in this area. And he went on to Jerusalem and Judea and all the region across the Jordan. And it says here something really important. It says that the people followed him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The people followed Jesus because, and they traveled hundreds of miles. I mean, they would travel hundreds of miles, and they didn't have cars. They didn't have Uber. They would pack up, take their family, and they said, there is one person who could give us what we need. There's nothing on earth that can heal us, deliver us, set us free. But there is one person. It's worth following him. It's worth leaving where we're at to follow Jesus because he's our answer. And they followed him hundreds of miles. They sure weren't Rhode Islanders. Rhode Islanders, how far is it? It's about 10 minutes away. 10 minutes? Are you kidding? I want to give it up for some of the people that come to church from an hour away. There's some people who drive to church an hour. Come on. Those who followed Jesus realized that there was no solution to their problems. The government couldn't fix them. Money couldn't help. And even religion could not help them. Man cannot fix man. See, you and I are spirit. When you pass from this earth, your spirit lives on. The Bible talks about Judgment. That's the real you. The real you continues to live on. Although your flesh might be buried in the ground, the real you, your spirit, continues to live on. And since you are spirit, the Bible says God is spirit. He is the only person that can touch that part of you. Unless that part of you is healed, is made whole, is saved, You'll always live in brokenness. You'll always live in emptiness. You'll always live trying to figure out what is life all about. I can't get satisfied. I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Some of you older rockers out there. You know, self-help books have... The sales self-help books have more than doubled since 2013. There's over close to 20 million 
dollars of self-help books that are sold every year. Over doubled because society has gotten sicker and sicker and we're trying to find help. But the problem is you can't heal yourself. You can't fix yourself. You can't free yourself. You can't go and fix the inner you, the real you. Only God, who is spirit, can touch your spirit. People will do everything and anything to try to make their lives better. Some of you will spend hours and hours and hours, weeks and weeks and months and months filling out those publisher's clearinghouse forms. You know, going into the computer, and it's like, takes a thousand clicks to finally get to the enter. You don't need to buy anything. I remember last year, my niece is living with us, and she's watching, she didn't hear this, but she believed with all her heart that she was going to win Publishers Clearinghouse. And I think they knew, because they kept sending her notifications that, you know, you might be the winner. We might be showing up in your community. So she gets us up early in the morning on the day when they're going to announce the winner. And she has us outside waiting for the van. I think back and say, honey, were we crazy? But Publishers Clearinghouse cannot fix our problems. Because the Bible says salvation in Acts 4.12 Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Come on, how many thank God that, that you invited Jesus into your life? You started following the right person? You know, everyone follows somebody. Everyone follows something. But there's only one who brings salvation. There's only one who brings freedom to you as a spiritual being, to you not only eternally, but here on earth. You know, when I watch people sometimes walking down the street all by themselves and they have a mask on, or they drive by and you're like, oh, I want all by themselves with a mask on. And I said to my wife the other day, I said, how great would it be if people were just as worried about their eternal life as they are their life on earth? Come on. I believe that day is coming. We are praying. Let there be a great awakening that hits our nation, that hits our world, that hits our communities, that hits our schools. Come on. We want a change in our world? We need Jesus. You know, what I love about Jesus is he's not a gimmick. He's the real thing. He's the real thing. Over 2,000 years ago, he declared himself as the real thing. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no man can come to the Father except through me. And he proved that. Not only did he say it. People say all kinds of things. But he proved that, we know, through his resurrection. 
And we see the proof of Jesus Christ every day because he's continuing to heal people. He's continuing to set people free. He continues to restore lives, restore marriages. We see this church is filled with hundreds upon hundreds and our campus is filled with thousands upon thousands of people who have been touched by a real God, who've been saved and, and changed and delivered. And you, and you meet people that maybe you knew years ago and you meet them and they come up to you and say, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And there's a whole light that comes out of them and you say, you met Jesus, didn't you? How'd you know? Because your spirit is changed. You have light in you. You have life in you. The Holy Spirit, I can sense the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus is still saving. He's still our hope. He's still our salvation. Another reason I really love Jesus, and we read that in this passage of Scripture that we read, that Jesus had no qualifications necessary for you to be loved by him. He didn't say, what are you here for? Jesus, I need healing. Um, you're a sinner, sorry. You're a prostitute. No. What are you here for? My business is failing. You smell like fish. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Peter, the fisherman. Jesus had no qualifications. A prostitute, sinners, tax collectors. He accepted them all. The thief on the cross. Jesus didn't turn to him when he says, Jesus, remember me today? Jesus didn't turn to him and say, hey, don't you think it's a little too late? Matter of fact, God it knows all things. God had that thief positioned next to Jesus Christ to save his soul. He was at the right place at the right time. Let me tell you something about church. Church is the right place at the right time for your life to get saved, to get delivered, to get healed, to find eternal life, to find what we need. Amen? But following Jesus isn't easy. It's not easy. Because the devil is just as real as God. The devil doesn't just play, roll over and play dead. He doesn't want to lose a soul. But he wants to gain as many souls as he can. He will fight for your soul. And not only does he not want to lose a soul, now you become a threat to his kingdom. You guys, 26 people being baptized? You are a threat. You are a threat to the enemy. Not only is your soul saved, he knows that you're going to bring other people to Christ. And he knows the word. And the Bible says that God has plans to prosper you. He has a hope and future for you. The enemy does not want that to happen. So let me tell you, we, we need to congratulate these 26 people because you have overcome. 
You have fought against resistance. You fought against his culture. You fought even against religious spirits. Then when I came to Christ, all hell broke loose. Because a lack of understanding of Jesus versus religion, you know. All hell broke loose in my family. They didn't understand. Here I was going to hell fast. And Jesus saved me. And I was so grateful. I said, I'm giving my whole life to him. What do I need to do? Well, the Bible says repent and be baptized. I'm going to repent Jesus said that? Yeah. The Bible says it? Yeah. I'm going to repent and be baptized. And life is never the change. Never the same because you are changed forever. Not only eternally, but now your destiny will come to pass in your life and through your life. You are going to have an impact upon your world, upon your family, upon all that you meet. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. We bless you. And we thank God that you made that decision today. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, he says, Timothy, listen, you have to fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession. They're going to make a confession today. In the presence of many witnesses. Take hold of the eternal life that you have. I want to give us three tools today for winning the fight of faith and following Jesus. Three tools. Number one, you have to resist the gods of this world. We are surrounded by gods, small g's. We're surrounded by other powers, that want to control your life, want to have dominion over your life, want to have dominion over your eternal destiny. We're, we're surrounded by greed. We're surrounded by immorality. We're surrounded by false teachings and doctrines. And, and now in our time, more than ever, we're surrounded by even religion that would try to rewrite the Scripture, rewrite the Bible, and say, this, this page doesn't matter anymore. This is not culturally relevant anymore. It doesn't matter who said it, Jesus, Peter, Paul. It doesn't matter if it's written in the book. We're rewriting. Small gods step up and say, I'm God, follow me. You know, you can't hang out or go to bed with the devil and expect to live a life of freedom. To expect to have the blessing of God. Expect to have peace. Expect to have assurance. To expect to have blessing and favor over your house, over your marriage, over your kids, over your grandkids. You can't expect that if you're following the wrong gods. You know, you go to some of these third world nations. Like we were, I was in Thailand on a missions trip. And you see the filth in the streets. And then you see at the end of the streets, at all this sewer, at the end of the streets, you see a giant Buddha. And it's a picture of false gods and what they give. But whenever you see Christianity, wherever you see Christ that has influence, you see blessing. 
you see change, you see progress. And it's sad that there, today there is an actual war against the teachings of Christ, the teaching of Scripture against Jesus himself. The Bible says in the last days there will be an anti-Christ spirit. It won't be an anti-other God spirit. It will be an anti-Christ spirit. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. People can't see. Unbelievers can't see. So they can't see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. See, as believers, we have to be careful who we listen to, who we hang with, and who we follow. We are called to bring light to the minds and hearts of people who can't see. Not to follow and commune. We are called to lead them by the hand and say, come with me. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He's the answer. Not the other way around. You know, someone showed me a picture who works in uh, Massachusetts Elementary School. Showed me pictures that he took in the hallways of the elementary school. And I was in shock that the walls, elementary school, filled with propaganda, immorality. Like just filled, filled propagating anti-biblical teaching, propagating an anti-Christ teaching. The halls were filled. And I said, wait a second, this is a school. Aren't the halls supposed to be filled with mathematics, with English, with history? What is going on here? Lies of the enemy. The devil wants you to follow false gods false religions. And I believe we're in a time where God wants us to rise up and be strong in our faith and fight the good fight of faith like the Apostle Paul said. And you can't be afraid as a believer to get into the ring with the enemy. You can't be afraid to speak the truth when the truth needs to be spoken. We need to be bold. We need to be strong. Always in love. Always in mercy. Always in understanding that, wait a second, I was an unbeliever too. I was blind too. I thank God that someone was bold enough to come and shine light into my spirit. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Speak to me. Even when I didn't want to hear it. All of a sudden, you're in bed. You're miserable. And you hear the voice of a person who spoke to you about Jesus. You see the face of a person who was in darkness but is in light. The Holy Spirit will do that. The church in Germany remained silent for way too long while Hitler took power. My grandparents were killed by the Nazis. My uncle, little child, four years old, was killed. They were murdered on the streets of Italy in a bread line, for no reason, just killed. And say, where was the church? Where was the truth? See, some of you should be running for political office. Some of you should be on school committees. Some of you should be on school boards. Because the truth is desperately needed. People 
need to know who to follow. Jesus is the answer. He's the one that gives us freedom. Amen? Number two, should you stumble in your faith, get up and keep fighting. And I want to talk to baptism candidates. There'll be times where you stumble in your faith. God still loves us. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That's religion. Jesus still loves us. You get up and keep fighting. In Proverbs 24, 16, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to, to overthrow the wicked because the wicked don't have hope. They don't have Jesus. They don't have faith in the one who can help them. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, the apostle Paul says, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. In Christianity, you need to find people who have won battles when you're going through something. You need to be able to connect with someone who's gone through those battles, who can teach you how to win, who can teach you how to fight. You want a good marriage? Follow one. You want to be a good parent? Find one. You want to go to heaven? Follow Jesus. Come on. Number three, in closing, then we're going to baptize. Have the music ministry come up. To fight the good fight of faith, to follow Jesus, you have to trust God and his ways. Even in times when you don't see God, even in times when you don't feel God, when you say to yourself, where is God in this situation? You have to have faith that his ways and his word is still true. God will never, ever forsake you, the Bible says. He will never leave you, the Bible says. His ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes you're trying to figure out what is going on. Trust God. Trust his ways. Don't leave his ways. You know, when I, I've been a believer for over 40 years, accepted Christ, and I've, you know, gone through Christianity with many, many good people. And some people, really powerful people. And they left the Lord's ways. They somehow got discouraged. They somehow started following, following wrong people, wrong thinking, wrong doctrine. And they left the Lord's ways. And you look at their life and you see a complete disaster. Because only when you follow Jesus... Do you find freedom? Jesus always leads you to freedom. Jesus always leads you to goodness. He is always good. He's always loving. He's always compassionate. He always has a plan. Even when you can't see it. Even when life hurts. If you follow his ways. If you hold on. Say I'm going to follow you Jesus. As hard as it might be. I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to leave church. I'm not going to stop going to church. I'm not going to, you know, not have Christian friends and start going to places and with people that, that are pulling me down and tearing me away from following Jesus. Stay connected. Stay in the house of the Lord. Stay serving God. Because the Bible says, 
in Psalm 37, 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Dwell in the house of the Lord and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes you got to hold on. Sometimes you got to hold on. It might take a little bit more time, but God will always lead you to the best for your life. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content from Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. And remember, the best is yet to come.